All right, everybody, welcome into the Faithfully Bearded Podcast. It is uh, February 4th of 2020. This is episode three of the Mike Tyson podcast, right? So this is the third week that uh, we're getting together on the podcast to talk about faith, family, beards, whatever comes to our, our, our brains on this Tuesday evening, Wednesday, by the time you guys are listening to this. But um, so I'm joined, as always, with my brother in Christ here, Mike Cribs. It's our family. And then uh, this week, we decided to bring in a special guest, um, one of my longtime friends, somebody that I've had the pleasure of meeting with in person and talking about uh, Jesus and life and beards and got to meet his family, get to know his family. And uh, we've just worked together a lot since he's kind of come in business and since I've been uh, on YouTube or just in this beard game. So we got uh, Jimmy Atkins, the famous rock star, uh, maybe maybe better known for his beard company, Ruddy Man Grooming. How you doing tonight, Jimmy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I don't know about famous rock star, uh, <laughs> but thank you. That was a very nice uh, introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy is uh, he's got a band, and we'll we'll dig into that a little bit later. He's in a, a band who just released a CD. He is a uh, worship pastor, a uh, grooming company owner, creator. He has a YouTube channel teaching uh, people, are kind of just showing them the ins and outs and giving them ideas on if they want to start a grooming company, how to do it. Um, also has some cool stuff with his uh, grooming company, such as a mystery scent that you get every month. And there's a fun storyline and game. That goes along a clue, a mystery that goes behind it. And you have to try to solve the mystery, plus guess what the scents are in the the beard oil. Um, and then at the end of the month, he live streams, gives away the story, does giveaways. And then we all scratch off our scratch off beard labels and see what the scents are. So really cool things he has going on. And we'll give him an opportunity to go over all that stuff here in a little bit. Um, but first, we want to uh, get into our our conversation this week uh, in the faith realm of things. And Mike came to me this week and said he's got some stuff weighing on his heart and that he wants to talk about. So we're going to have him um, kind of take us through some of that, and then we'll just kind of banter about it, go back and forth, and get uh, you know just three Christian bearded men's thoughts and feelings all about that topic and then we'll uh we'll wrap it up with everybody just telling a little bit about themselves and i kind of want to hear what jim you know, jimmy's take on some of this stuff being a worship pastor and i think he's got some mentorship we'll just say that cribs he's got yeah. some mentorship side of it that you know might open some people's eyes and and probably mine so uh, mike what is our topic this week what do you want to talk about brother well, we're going to talk about God dreams. Uh, something that's been on my heart here lately is a lot of the things with the, the faithful community that we've got going on. You've got mentors and mentorship. Uh, it's a big part of I don't my my early walk in these last three years of of uh, my faith in Christ is trying to find people that I can call truth. Um, find that I can basically get some mentorship from some, some leadership from, 
some help with on my walk, my early walk, because I, I don't really know the scriptures that well. I don't know the Bible that well, but I sure know the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and I have this fire that's going. And the, it, basically your dreams, my God dream was uh, getting on this platform that we use uh, to talk about beards, but then it became so much more because of the foundation of Christ. Uh, the foundation of Christ is basically why my channel started. Well, with my channel came Tyson, you know, and, and Jimmy here, the relationship with Jimmy and a lot of other men that I never thought in a million years personally that I would ever meet or go down this road with and have this fellowship with this mentorship. Um, it, being able to be a dream team, basically have a dream team for me and my faith and my walk with Christ to always be uh, disciplined daily, have people to reach out to, uh, to uplift me, but then also build my dream team, but also be uh, one of the other teammates on somebody else's dream team. Uh, that's very valuable. And it just brought me back to a story of Joseph in Genesis uh, when he had a dream uh, he told his father, he told his brothers, uh, his father gave him a beautiful robe and supported him 100%, a garment, a beautiful garment. And But his brothers had jealousy and envy, you know, and it, it's kind of hard. What I get out of this story is if you boast or you tell somebody your story, some people are not going to take it the right way. And that jealous and envy will always come in because we're people and we're sinners. Hmm. Uh, but you go through go through the whole story and I'm going to ad lib because I'm still reading on it, but he goes to a place, his brothers throw him in a pit. Uh, he gets thrown in prison. Uh, he ends up reading, you know, deciphering uh, the prisoner's dreams. Uh, and then he gets yanked out. And I think it was Potiphar, if I'm not wrong, he ends up in his household and becomes his right hand man. Well, then is it the king, Jimmy? Is it the king or the Pharaoh uh, that Potiphar were, was with? Uh, Potiphar was a very high ranking official in Pharaoh's court in Pharaoh's court. Yeah. Well, the Pharaoh ended up having, uh, these dreams of seven big, huge, healthy cows coming across the river, followed by seven emaciated cows. And it just tormented him. And he, these emaciated starving cows ended up eating the fat cows and he just could not find anybody to decipher his dream. Well, lo and behold, Potiphar knew, knew somebody, Joseph. And Joseph comes in and goes and tells Pharaoh what his dream means about the, the seven years of lush living and then seven years of uh, starvation and hunger and it, tell him to store up his goods during those times. So he ends up, Joseph becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man and there is nobody above him in title except Pharaoh himself. Well, then this whole story comes along where he gets to uh, forgive his brothers for what they've done, even though he had a high title. Jesus was always with him. And he, us men, to be able to get involved and be transparent, vulnerable enough and strong enough in our faith to tell each other our dreams, and then us as other Christians to be able to come in and not have that jealousy and envy and fan that fire of that passion and that faith for Christ is so important. And I sit there and I think of my dream, of our dreams that we have here, because Tyson faithfully bearded, you, you do beard channels, you start podcasts, you have a Facebook page. Jimmy, you're a singer, you're a pastor. 
uh, you're, you've got your own company and, the, and we're all bearded men and we come together with the same foundation and the same love of Christ and we pick each other up. Uh, first God in everything that we do and we have our families that get to uh, be on that team as well. But that transparency and that vulnerability that we get to nourish each other's dreams and keep all of us basically disciplined on the path and the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. And that just gives me so much hope and hope is a big part of it. Uh, it gives me so much faith to just continue on uh, when the doubts come. Am I really doing the right thing? Uh, what is my goal? What is my path to keep it focused on Christ? And that's basically the mentorship. And it's all just coming around to being on each other's dream teams of God, you know, and that's. Yeah. And, and you said something about, um, you were kind of struggling this weekend with with um, wondering what you were doing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and how this uh, affected you in that? hundred percent. It. I've just been really struggling because I get to this point and I'm my own worst enemy. When I try to take control and I get in my own head and I get away from my prayers every day, I get away from the scriptures of the Bible every day and reading of my owner's manual that has every answer that I could ever need. Uh, but the only way that that pulled me back out was by talking to my brothers, talking to my team, talking to my the, the people that mentor me uh, to keep me on that line. But I go to church and I'm just praying. You know, I, the first thing what I'll do is if I go to church, I, I pray to God that I just get out of my own way and I just not worry about anything that's around me. So I if I want to raise my hands, if I want to roll on the ground, if it's in the Holy Spirit, then so what? Who cares what people think? Because right. uh, it's for honoring my father and getting in touch with him. And that is so valuable. And our, our uh, pastor just hit right on the head. And you have those moments uh, that's like, he's talking to me 100% about this. And it's about following your dreams and, and getting people around you that you can talk to that fan it. And it, it, Genesis just came up. So I started reading it and it made so much sense, you know, mm. and it's, and God is talking to us each and every single one of us every day. He wants to hold us and nurture us and lift us up and even give thanks. I give him thanks even when I'm down and depressed. And I have these doubts that I know where to turn, you know, and I give him thanks even when things are bad is as good as when things are just flourishing in my life. And I, I know directly where I'm at. The scales are pulled from my eyes and I see the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. So basically I'm reinforced, you know, and I'm reinforced because I'm disciplined every day of getting up and reading, regardless if I want to or not, reading the truth of Jesus Christ, reading his words, reading his promises, uh, reading not only the good things that come of it, but the bad things that are going to happen to us as well. You know, the envy, the spite, uh, the ridicule, uh, that's all coming. I mean, it's all in this book and that's okay. I have a really good dream team and I want to be a really good teammate for other people's dreams, you know, and that's, it just gives me hope. It gives me goosebumps right now talking about, it. I mean, where I used to be in my life, a taker and a user and a manipulator to wanting to serve, that's all the truth of Jesus Christ. The old is gone and the new is here. And this is the new and it's, it's glorious. Yeah. 
Yeah, y'all hang on. I'm gonna go dance around just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you bring it at five, brother. Oh man, I kind of want to get uh, Jimmy's take on on all of that. Um, you oh. know, we have we have three completely different men here. Um, you know, Jimmy grew up in the church. He grew up to be a pastor. He was raised that way. And you have, you know, Mike, who's been through you know, through the darkest days forever, yeah. you know, and found Jesus a few years ago. Um, and you have me kind of the same thing. Not, I wouldn't say, you know, necessarily as, as much as Mike went through, but, you know, a newer uh, Christian. So I kind of want to hear Jimmy's thoughts on this as somebody who's been in the church uh, your whole life, a pastor as a father and a pastor, you know, yourself. Well, I'll tell you this, that um, it never, ever gets old hearing, (laughs) hearing someone's, uh, I don't want to just say zeal because the scriptures do say zeal without knowledge is dead. Like, I mean, faith without works is dead, but zeal without knowledge can be very dangerous. Like we have a bunch of excitement, but no, no, like real solid footing from the Bible, you know, from the scriptures and, and the actual leading of the Holy spirit. It's, it can be really dangerous. That's where we've seen a lot of, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to just point out younger Christians, but a lot of times that excitement can get drawn up into just an explosion of emotion. And we don't end up having like a solid backing of the knowledge of Christ. And and one of the things the Bible does tell us is that once, once we accept that free gift of salvation from Jesus, we, we have the mind of Christ now. And he, I would dare say is the wisest man who ever walked the planet. So, <laughs> um, but there is something for uh, a guy who's been in the faith community for a long time. Every time I hear that kind of excitement, it just replays like just how close to death I was, you know, and we have to remember that, you know, you get you, just like with anything, with a marriage, with with relationships, uh, with business, anything. Uh, you get into this this rut or not even a rut. I'm not going to say a rut. You just get into a routine. You know, it can be a positive thing, a very beneficial thing. But you don't like if you're not careful, you don't roll over every single morning, look at your wife and say, golly gracious, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, we have to work at those things. So for somebody who's a little older in the faith to hear younger people in the faith talking about how just like excited they are that Jesus saved them, man, it just gets me Jack to do like get that same fervor back, you know? Um, So that's what I'd preface it with. I I mean, I I heard a a while ago and and I'll go ahead and say this too, before I jump in too far. Um, I tell people that I'm a recovering legalist. So this is the thing you have to watch out for with people who have been raised in the church. They tend to think they're better than people uh, who were not or who um, who don't look or think like them. Um, and a lot of that comes from, uh, we could say tradition or this, that, the other. If you look at the psychological elements behind it, it tends to seem like, at least in my experience, when you're a young person, and you're also a young Christian. What do we typically try to do when we reach like adolescence, young adulthood? We try to get things in line and make sure our life is right. And you do that by following rules. 
And so we, we just take that same template and throw it onto our faith too. And that's where I was. It was like, you know, I'm doing everything by the book and everybody who's not sucks. <laughs> that was the way, that was the way uh, I never said that out loud. I was really good about being a sweetheart to people. Um, but in my mind, this was like a, a wasteland because it, I was just murdering people. Like Jesus says, you know, um, if, if you think you look with lust on another woman and you think those sexual thoughts about her, but you don't do them, you might as well have done them. And it's the same thing. Like when you think ugly thoughts about people, you're murdering their character, you know? So, uh, that's where I came from and God is weeding that out of me in a really, really, um, fast paced way now. Like once I hit my thirties, it became very apparent to me, probably about the same time I started realizing my mortality a little more that, um, I don't have time to nitpick everybody else when what I'm supposed to be doing is putting my hand to the plow with building the kingdom of God. And you can't do that when you hate people or you're ugly about them. So I say all of that to give you a little of my background. So when I say the next things that I'm about to say, uh, just keep that the grain of uh, a grain of salt. Just because you're older in the faith doesn't mean you're better in it. <laughs> you, you still have to come to the cross every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and remember, you know, you're in the same, you were in the same sludge and uh, the only way out for everybody is Jesus Christ, you know, but in terms of mentorship, I remember hearing uh, years ago that every person, every person needs a, uh, a Paul in their lives, a Timothy in their lives and a Silas in their lives. And that, of course, talking about all from the, the new Testament, you, you drop the whole scales from his eyes kind of thing there, Cribs. Uh, you know, that's, that's exactly the guy we're talking about. Saul to Paul. He is probably the guy I resound with the most in the scripture because he was in a direct line to being the next high priest in the temple. And, and he was murdering Christians when he started out his journey. <laughs> I mean, he was going from town to town with a really big passion to find people who followed Jesus and cart them off to be killed. He was excited about that, you know, and that's when he had his whole Damascus Road experience. And Jesus was like, why do you uh, persecute me? Uh, and that started his whole thing. And getting back to like, why do we need a Paul in our lives? Paul is quintessentially in the New Testament terms and, and biblically and beyond, he is the guy that we see did the most for actually building up the tangible parts of the church we know today. So we need a mentor. We need somebody who is always a couple steps ahead of us in our faith walk to be speaking truth that they've walked through, but we haven't yet into our lives so that we know how to walk that path the right way. And we also need a Timothy, somebody to pass down our knowledge and wisdom that we've been given from God so that they can walk in the same right way. And then Silas, of course, was uh, was Paul's like right hand man. That was, they were they were right next to each other in the trenches working to build the church. We always need somebody who is exactly like us in so many ways so we can like be a sounding board to each other 
So at all times, ideally, a Christian is learning from somebody wiser, teaching somebody not as wise, and walking with somebody who is exactly as wise <laughs> so that we can have this full-rounded dream team like you're talking about. Um, and that's it's, it's harder to do than it is uh, to say. But once you find yourself starting to revolve around those types of people and you, you genuinely get excited about uh, learning from someone and being able to pass on what you learned and not hoarding it up uh, because, you know, this is where we get into the whole I'm the chosen one thing. We're not, I mean, we're chosen to be loved by God, but we're not the chosen one to shut down the passage of knowledge, which is why I'm so big into like giving away secrets. <laughs> you know, it's like people need God and the only way you can do it is to pass on what you know about him. So I'll take a pause there and you can, you can kind of roll. I, I, I think, I think Mike and I are very, very similar. Like we get on, you know, let's get it. <laughs> you got you got a very, very um, a big God to talk about. There's a lot to cover, you know. So there yeah. is a lot to cover. We try to keep it uh, one topic, but you know, all three of us guys that are here, um, you know, we all can talk and get carried away into different things, especially when we let that passion out. And you know, something that you said um, kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week. You know, we were talking about. Um, you know, when you're newer in Christianity, you need to get fed. You need, you need the, the scripture to be fed to you. And then you start uh, maturing a little bit and now you're feeding yourself. Um, and then when you're more senior, you're feeding other people. And that's kind of like what, what you were saying, Jimmy, with, um, you, you have somebody more experienced that's, that's, uh, mentoring you and somebody with the same knowledge walking beside you and somebody, uh, newer that you're mentoring. Um, so kind of the same same type of of thing, and um, you know, in my in my I mean, in my Christianity kind of goes along that path. You know, when I first started, and when I first uh, found Christ, you know, it was that passion was burning deep, that excitement, that wanting to get in there and learn as much as I can. So I'm 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 feeding myself, but um, I didn't necessarily know where to feed myself, and that's where you look for that mentorship. You know, you look for um, help me discover, you know, what this verse or what this scripture is really trying to say. Um, and then once you start kind of gathering that a little bit, you know, then you, you're feeding yourself, you're, you're walking with other people that are as experienced as, as you are on, the, on that same level. Um, you know, and now I'm at a point where, you know, I feel comfortable in the Facebook group signing up to be a mentor to help other people um, that, you know, want to learn or want help with, with anything other, even things other than scripture, you know, and, and I love what you were saying, Jimmy, with, with passing knowledge on, I think there's so many times in, in life that, you know, we find something that maybe benefits us and we're afraid to give that away because we don't want somebody else to take that. And, you know, we, we get that, that feeling of, you know, I did this, I earned this, I did this for myself. I, you know, I put in the hard work, I'm not going to give it to somebody else. They can, they can do the work, you know, on their own. And, you know, that's not what Jesus is calling us to do. And we're going to have those battles where, you know, we're going to, we're going to put in work, we're going to find something, we're going to uncover, we're going to discover something, and we're going to pass it along. 
But guess what? That same thing is going to be reciprocated to us just by spreading the love of Jesus Christ. And through that, you're going to get handed some stuff that somebody else put a bunch of time and effort into discovering. And it's all going to come full circle because that's how everything works. But in that, we're bettering the kingdom of Christ and we're showing the love of Jesus Christ, Mm. you know, and, and through all of this, you know, when I, when I kind of came into the beard world to, to relate this back to beards and and people, when I came into the beard world, I mean, Jimmy was a a big figure. He was uh, in my eyes. Jimmy was this company owner. And a lot of the company owners are, are, were like this in your eyes, you know, they're these, these company owners, you're you're addicted to beard products, so they're kind of like your idols, and you look up to them, and you kind of, you know, you just like when you get that first message from the company owner, you're just like blown away, like holy crap, like this person's <laughs> talking to me, I can't believe it. And now, you know, I mean, fast forward a year, and I mean, Jimmy's my brother, you know, I mean, it's we've met in person, we've hung out, we've um, you know, we talk multiple times a week, if not almost every day. And it's just one of those things now where it's like his mentorship to me, uh, I, I still consider him, uh, Jimmy a mentor and I, I see him do it all the time. He goes on Instagram every single morning and pretty much every single morning and talks. Yeah. Try to. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Driving and, and through his McDonald's trip, you know, and, and what he's doing, he's talking about what's on his mind. He's um, talking about Jesus. He's talking about whatever people ask him about. Um, and I think, you know, that's a perfect opportunity to for him to spread his knowledge to um, people that want to be mentored or people that just want to know what's going on in, in his world. And, um, you know, then, you know, when I came across uh, Mike, you know, it's been I'd say Mike is is the person that um, when I think about the phrase iron sharpens iron, because him and I both have our down days and we both have our really up days. And when something crappy happens, we we call each other and we're like, talk me off the ledge here. You know, like, I got to tell you about this. This is what happened. And, you know, we can kind of bring each other back. And I think with getting into live streaming and the podcasts and just kind of teaming up to do things together in this community, uh, we've made each other better, uh, Christians, better, uh, YouTubers, better, you know, better people, better husbands in, in general. So, um, this was a, a super impactful, um, podcast in my mind for sure. And, you know, I just urge everybody to not, only seek a mentor who can make you better and and sharpen your iron, but also um, walk alongside people with the same knowledge and be open minded to maybe just different ways that they interpret uh, things and and toss that back around because um, the Bible is clear as mud. You know, I mean, it can be interpreted a few different ways depending on how your brain wants to interpret it. So have that clear mind. Uh, and, and I've been there. I say that from experience because I've, I, I'm one that interpreted initially. I, I interpreted Ephesians it completely wrong. And if there's one that you don't want to interpret completely wrong in your marriage, it's Ephesians. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
that was my brain. <laughs> how my brain wanted to interpret it, not with that clear mind of how it's meant to be. And there's so many things in the Bible like that. So walk along people that are, you know, seek that mentorship of somebody that can see that, that you're doing that um, and set you straight if they need to, or just help you understand the, um, maybe a different point of view and be open-minded to the other point of views. But then also the things that you're well-versed on, um, spread that knowledge to other people that you can see and, and, not hoard our secrets, especially when it comes to Jesus, because there's so many wonderful right. things. And, and that there's the one thing that there's never enough of, and, and that's Jesus. And there's plenty to go, but at the same time, plenty to go around to everybody, you know, yeah. so, serve and be served. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even go so far as to say, like, uh, what, what do you need to find in a mentor? You don't just need somebody who's got a lot of knowledge. We, we said that at the beginning, like, Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be a smarty pants like I was and still be throwing daggers at, at uh, really like faith, faithful babies, you know, and it's not, it's not fair. It's not the gospel. It's not the heart of Christ. Um, it's just being right and being wrong in it. And, uh, and so when you, when you search or seek out somebody who can be a mentor to you, one of the things that I've tried to adopt into my own just person um, is what I want to see in a mentor for me. And that's somebody who can readily say, uh, I was wrong. I don't know. Let's find out together. I think those three things are amazing indicators that you found somebody who has knowledge and wisdom to understand when he or she does not know the answer. uh, And they have humility to say, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're all God's children and we're all trying to find out who our, who our dad really is, you know? Yeah. So um, when you seek a mentor, soft-spoken people tend to be the best ones. Okay. And I say this as, as a raging redhead, um, <laughs> as a guy who stomps around my house, most people never see that side of me. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like flinging the kids up against the wall or anything like that. It's <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I can kind of be like, uh, have you guys ever seen the show, The Goldbergs at yes. all? Okay. I can be like that, dad. There's, there's no bite. It's just all bark, but it, it's still there, you know? So for me, it's calming, calming my spirit down and things like this, uh, this podcast here, I was in interviews years ago where I was just chomping at the bit to say my piece. And uh, (laughs) it is so much more interesting to live a life where you listen to a lot Mm -hmm. of people. And the best mentors I've ever had in my life just let me talk myself into circles most of the time. And then they say, okay, now what did you just say? (laughs) And a lot of times I'm able to mirror Oh, okay. I said the wrong thing, but I know the right thing. And that person just ended up being more like a sounding board. Now, don't get me wrong. You definitely need the people that are going to, as you say, it sets you back in line. Um, but the the very best mentors tend to be soft-spoken because they understand that, that talking louder over the other person doesn't bring about change. It just makes you the loudest person in the room, you know? Yep. So, um, and Jesus, if, if we if we know anything about him, 
I believe he had times where he was loud, but I don't think he raised his voice to shut other people down. He kind of waited until it was time for him to talk, you know. Um, but that's another thing, too. You know, we talked about interpreting uh, scripture. It doesn't just come with good brains and knowing the backgrounds and all that kind of stuff of where the languages were and blah, blah, blah. It comes from uh, being in tune with the Holy Spirit inside us. And uh, a lot of times, all the time, actually, his voice is the one that's saying, okay, this is what this scripture actually means. So, um, yeah, and I was, I had a problem along, you know, a couple of years ago when I was first starting my walk about anger, you know, I was always pulling back and never really passionate. I was passionate, but I didn't want to get mad. I didn't want to get angry. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I was always worried about this. And I think it was my father-in-law told me, well, it's okay to get angry. Just don't sin in your anger. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He says, well, Jesus got mad in the synagogue and went in there and was really was flipping tables over and, it, you know, and so I got to sit down and really think about that. It's okay to be mad and get angry about things. Just don't sin in your anger. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a big mentorship moment for me that he took time and pointed something out to me that I really needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And it really gave me a lot of solitude and peace on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I think a lot of times, you know, in finding a mentor, you got to know, you got to know yourself a little bit and know uh, what type of thing gets through to you. Because there's so many different types of people in this world, and, and so many um, types of of ways to get through to people. And I guess I'm kind of just relating this to uh, my management side of things. When I had ten people <laughs> as direct reports and you know, you as a manager, as a leader, you got to figure out how to get through to those people to make them their best. And everybody responds in different ways. Um, I'm the type of person that uh, I respond not to asking me a bunch of questions or maybe letting me talk myself in circles. I respond to direct engagement, you know, tell me I'm wrong. And sometimes it takes a strong person to to be a mentor or somebody like that, because you got to be able to step up and say, no, Tyson, you're wrong. Like, that's yeah. not how this is. And let's talk about it. And a lot of times that's what it takes to get somebody to listen is being straight up like you're wrong. Um, but then there's the type, um, you know, I'll just say Maddie, because uh, that's the person I know the best. You know, she's the type that will want to sit and talk about it, you know, in circles and, um, and then there's the type of person that's like, you got to break it down super simplistic for them um, to get them to understand it. And sometimes it's hard to be a mentor in that situation because it makes sense to you, but you got to understand, you got to learn and be open to how does that person uh, receive um, guidance the best and everybody receives it different and everybody seeks it different. So um, you kind of got to know yourself and what kind of leader that you um, really that can get through to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the first steps in seeking out a mentor is understanding what type of person um, gets through to you and can you can relate to when they when they speak. Um, but also what it's going to take to to if you're having trouble admitting that you're wrong in things or if you are a stubborn person that like you can't change your mind very easy, um, you need a stronger type mentor that's not going to be afraid to tell you you're wrong. And, you know, that's the amazing thing about all of this is 
there's so many different people out there that want to mentor and share their knowledge um, that you can just find uh, the person that clicks with you um, to be your mentor. And, um, you know, again, I go back to the Facebook group and I mention that a lot because that's where our mentors are. So if you guys um, are a good mentor or are seeking a mentor, the Facebook group is a fantastic place to go to know that um, you're going to be mentored by a Christian man that uh, wants uh, to share that love of Jesus. And, and there's multiple different mentors on there and they all have their um, different styles. So, um, yeah, that, that was another thing I was going to mention. And this is something that comes with time and age, I think, honestly, is uh, just as well as you need to understand yourself so that you know who to adhere to. Um, it goes both ways. Uh because mentors, I think a good, a good uh, godly person is constantly wanting to become more and more well-rounded so that in any given situation, they are able to present Christ-like wisdom and the gospel of Christ in the very best way for that situation. I mean, uh, the Bible says to be ready in season and out. So to have a very, very nice huge Batman utility belt that is basically ready to help whoever, whenever. That's a great um, desire to have, but we also need to know our limitations because there are, there are people who can uh, just spiritually and emotionally drain us because we're not uh, equipped for that specific situation. And this is where a good mentor is going to be forthright enough to say, this is out of my wheelhouse, brother. I'm praying for you, but let me see if we can't help find you somebody who can help in this situation a lot better than I can. Because all I'm going to do is give you what the Bible says, but I'm not going to be able to walk you in your life through it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of us. I, I mean, it, it just runs rampant with humanity anyway, but in, in Christendom, it tends to happen a lot. We think that we have to mirror the superhero-ness of Jesus, and we end up taking on way more than we can chew, and the devil uses that against us, um, and, and, and so does our flesh. You know, uh, sometimes I think he just throws a seed at us when we're, when we're primed and ready and our pride takes over and, and we do the rest of the damage ourselves. So if you want to be somebody who's a godly mentor, know yourself well enough to know, like I can help people who are in X, Y, Z boat, but ABC boat, I don't understand that world at all. So I'm not going to just jump right in and start trying to help them with something that I would just probably break worse, you know? Um, so that, that was just a little, little uh, aside there. It's perfect truth. Yeah, it makes complete sense to me. Um, I mean, and, and it goes both ways. And, um, you know, my pastor said something a couple weeks ago, you know, and, and even the most seasoned mentors still need mentors. You know, yeah. you know, his, his dad, he said it was like 80 years old, and he still has mentorship, um, helping mentor him. So, you know, no matter how much we think we know about a certain topic, there's always there's always more and there's always mentorship. Um, and it's always good to have people keeping you grounded. Um, iron sharpens iron, so they're making you better. Um, and it's 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 just amazing. But we have to be open and willing to let that happen in our lives. And and like Jimmy said, a lot of uh, 
you know, I I, th- I feel like sometimes our flesh is more evil than the devil. You know, we oh, <laughs> we uh, you know we let that go in. So it's it's kind of no, you know, that's something I've been working on a lot is you know fleshly desires and and knowing what my fleshly desires and my triggers are so I can avoid them because I don't you know if you if you try to take them on as one person a lot of times it's not going to turn out pretty you right. know and right. so for me particularly it's like it's avoid what I know is going to set my flesh off because your flesh has a way of tricking your mind mm-hmm. and working hand in hand with the devil in tricking your mind into something that isn't necessarily the right answer and you'll look back on two days and from now and say yeah that was my flesh talking that wasn't good (laughs) (laughs) well and the the really good part about it though was when you have that self-reflection and you really look at yourself in the mirror and you see all these things that are your problems that are your temptations and you 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 stop and you pray to god about it yeah take to whatever it is prayer is the biggest thing that you can you can do to speak to your father and offer those up to him and lay those at his feet so he can take them and look at it directly the yeah. biggest thing for me in my life was looking given that time when i was quiet and it was peaceful and i had time to really reflect on myself and spend time with my father to really do some self reflection and take those things instead of you know what i don't really want it and we all have that we'll we'll go through this till we're till we're in heaven uh, but those things that you don't really want to look at that you end up living your life so long uh, being comfortable with that uncomfortableness you can kind of take one of those spots and lay it at God's feet and have him come in and just help you and take that from you. You have a hole that you can fill in with Jesus. And that's when talking about it and being vulnerable and transparent, at least with yourself and your father is such a valuable thing. Prayer is the answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we see that very, very vividly in Paul's life again. And he tells us this story and people, biblical scholars have gone back and forth about what this thing is, but he said he had this specific thorn in his side and it was the, uh, we, for lack of a better term, we just call it, you know, this temptation to be his old self, his fleshly self, whatever that was. Uh, a lot of people have tried to think that maybe it was a sexual sin or maybe it was actually a physical ailment. At any rate, he asked God three times to take that joker away from him. And uh, all three times God said, my grace is sufficient. And the whole point of that mm-hmm. is I'm not going to take it away from you because you need me. And uh, and so like, like if you're anything like me, and I know you are because we all hate we hate something about us. I have asked the Lord to take. I can't tell you how many things just out of me, just. Lord, just eradicate it. Just get rid of it so that I can be more like you. And every time, uh, well, when I was younger, I used to think something different. But now that I'm a little bit older, I've started to realize he's saying the same thing to me that he said to Paul, you know. And uh, there's two sides to that coin that are just so transcendent. One is his grace is sufficient. I should not sin so that that grace abounds more. But what he's saying is, I still got you, son. I still got you. And on the other hand, God is using the exact same words he spoke to Paul in the Old Testament to me now. I mean, the New Testament to me now. 
And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, we know that God never, uh, he won't ever speak against what he's already said in scripture. But when he says that to you, <laughs> that's, that's when you're like, oh man, my, my walk is with a real living person who does not change and he will not break his promises to me. So even when I have those times where I need, you need the prayer, but that's why it's there. I think God doesn't take all the bad away because he needs, or not needs, he wants us to realize our, our utter, complete, entire need for him. So, uh, yeah, I just piggyback on what you said there. <laughs> That's awesome. It's amazing. God is great. Man, he is. Yeah, it's been uh, uh, fantastic. And uh, I think, it, you know, we'll kind of wrap it up uh, uh, with that uh, on mentorship. But if you guys are, you know, if anybody listening is, is seeking a mentor, don't be afraid to reach out to any three of us here, uh, any one of us, um, as well as if you want to be a mentor, um, you know, uh, go on onto the Facebook group, sign up to be a mentor. If you're not in the Facebook group, head over there. Um, but with that being said, I know, you know, all three of us here um, have different stories, but we all have something in common and that's Jesus Christ. Um, and then we, well, we have more than just that in common, but that's the number one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, we got beer, we got yeah. brotherhood, we got everything. So. Yeah. Unified yeah. on the foundation of Jesus Christ <laughs> and awesome beers. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. See, I can't speak on that much yet, but Jesus <laughs> had a beard. Jesus yeah. had a beard, and they hated yeah. it so much they ripped it out of his face before they crucified him. So that ought to tell you something. Yes. Beardliness is next to godliness, y'all. Beardliness <laughs> is manliness, godliness. It's all I love this. This is awesome. So you guys get to listen to uh to myself uh twice a week, to Mike uh twice a week. Uh if you don't know where to find us. You know, I guess get out from underneath the rock, but um, <laughs> underscore uh, swag father underscore on Instagram is where you can find my cribs on Instagram, uh, beard swag on the YouTube. Um, and then uh, Jimmy, you have I- I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this probably knows who you are. Um, but if you don't uh, know who Jimmy is, he's going to I kind of just want you to talk a little bit about ruddy man um, what it means to be a ruddy man, you know, where that name come from and, you know, just, I guess it's your opportunity to, to plug what you're doing, man. I want to hear about the, the company a little bit, um, maybe hear about your wife and, and her business and then, uh, your band a little bit too. I heard you guys just launched a, a new record, uh, last week here. So, uh, why don't you just take a few minutes and, Fill us in on all that details for anybody that might not know. Sure. I, like I tell everybody, all the good ideas that ever uh, pass through my hands actually come from my wife's mind. Um, so technically speaking, Ruddy Man is Shasta's. I'm just the beard out front. <laughs> so You're just um, face. Yeah. She, uh, we, we started in, we started Ruddy Man in uh, early 2017. We did so as a side hustle, but, um, you know, I know a lot of guys have a similar kind of story. Like we wanted to just, you know, we love our beards. We just wanted to try to do something that was fun along those lines. And if we made some money, that'd be great. Um, 
other people were like, you know, I've tried products and I thought they were all junk. So I wanted to make something that was good. And, uh, and those are, those are both very noble reasons to do it. Um, but for us, you know, I was a worship pastor, uh, full time. It was a part-time paying kind of deal, but it was a full-time job. We had started a church, uh, my dad and I, and we, uh, we were just like we were going through some rough stuff at the church financially. Like a, a lot of people really, really loved to be there. They loved the family feel. They loved the uh, the truth that they were getting. The uh, the worship music was always pretty hype, and it was just a a good time to be there. But um, speaking of mentoring, you know, we had a bunch of baby Christians in that church who just did not understand at all that in order to keep lights or power, you gotta, you, I mean, you need to like contribute something. So we went through a really rough patch there for, uh, like that the year prior to that, or maybe even 2017, I can't remember which year it was, but Anyway, my dad and I took some major cuts, and uh, this was one of those shots in the dark because I've always been a musician. Um, that is all I've ever been. Uh, I think I did work study in college in a biology lab, and all I did was wash beakers and test tubes, you know, <laughs> and break very expensive glass. Um, but I had never been good at anything else, so uh, I was just thinking maybe I'll try my hand at a beard oil because. We, every time I'd go play a gig, somebody would come back to the CD table and ask me, you know, what I used on my beard. And at the time I was using a uh, Mountaineer brand because my, my wife had uh, got me a kit for Christmas, which, you know, again, this is her idea, you know. Um, and we, I started making some of that. And lo and behold, my, um, my band broke up. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't have a band, but I'm still making beard oil. And uh, so I started trying to see if the guys at church um, would like it and did some trade shows. And it started to snowball a little bit. Almost. I mean, I got a couple of reviews online, but um, this was before, you know, the community was uh, vibrant or had um, I don't want to knock anybody, but it, before it had any like real a sense of kindness going around, you know, it was really dog eat dog. So I stayed away from it um, and then popped in in February. And that, that's where all this King Tingle stuff and all that stuff began. But uh, essentially we, we call ourselves Ruddy Man and we kind of come up with a, a name for it. And, uh, and Shasta knew that I had a penchant for uh, kind of the old rustic, um, Victorian industrial era kind of look to stuff. I love, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm just a product of my time in a lot of ways, but um, I just love the whole, you know, Sherlock Holmes kind of feel to everything. And she was like, well, we could find a, an old word that would be good. Um, and, and you're a redhead. So, well, you know, I mean, maybe ruddy, ruddy would be good. Ruddy means red. It's kind of an archaic term, you know, and it's also, you know, what they called David in the Bible when he was a shepherd. You know, they said he was a, uh, a ruddy complexioned youth when he came in from the field to be anointed king. And um, it just, I, she said, I was like, man, that is awesome. <laughs> we all should be 
red-haired men. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, well, that's not going to happen. But the term actually means, according to the dictionary, uh, is having or of a healthy reddish hue. And it can be in, in terms of your skin um, or your hair. I mean, anytime somebody is out in the cold, like, I mean, Santa Claus is ruddy because <laughs> you know, yeah. he's got those rosy red cheeks. Um, and, it, and the whole healthy thing hit me. And it was like, okay, I can offer products that take care of your beard. And where I'm living, beards are plentiful. I mean, more than just like the fad everybody says it is. I'm talking like I live in the foothills of North Carolina. Beards are a must. And so people have them. But our first slogan was man up, take care of your beard, because everybody who had them, they just looked like they had rolled out of a pile of leaves, like everyone. And it was just it was nasty. <laughs> so if you had a nice kept beard and you went to the local Walmart, people looked at you like you were some kind of city slicker. And I'm like, no, I just live down the road, you know. <laughs> um so that was our whole our whole thing was like just to get the locals around here to start using product that would help make their beards look shaped up so they didn't look so disheveled. And uh, and it just snowballed from there. God started blessing us financially. I started feeling more and more led to uh, like every time we did a trade show, I got to talk about Jesus and and the and the church I was part of. And then when we got online, uh, Tyson, about the time I met you, I was doing live streams, I was playing some songs, you know, I mean, I didn't have as much business. Um, so I had a lot more time to try to be as creative as I possibly could on a live stream. And I ended up doing more stuff like singing tunes and, uh, and sharing like, I mean, just, I remember going way off the deep end as soon as I got in the live streams, I was like, wow, this is, this is my people right here. You know, I can talk about the fact my pop just died, you know? <laughs> um, and I remember actually getting on Instagram live, not knowing anybody from Adam and just boohooing on screen and feeling like this is just who I just need to be this guy, you know, like I, I just need to be this real with whatever I do. And it was like God just said, this is, I want you doing this. And uh, to the point that um, in October, we actually stepped down from the worship pastorship at the church we were at because I just could not give uh, the time to that and this. And I felt like there was so much more opportunity here for me to actually be a gospel spreader. Uh, don't get me wrong. Being a worship pastor is amazing. It's still a call in my life and I'm still going to be doing a lot of that when I can, but being on a stage with the same people every single, uh, Sunday, you're, you're spreading the news of what people already should know, but there is something in me that has to tell people who've never heard, you know, yeah. um, and so this is probably the first time I've articulated it this way, but that's why I'm full-time ready man right now. It's not because I'm rolling in dough because Lord knows we're not. It, it, it is because I have to do this because this is both bringing bread in for my kids and fulfilling the great commission for my family. That's um, awesome. So that's, that's where we're at, man. I know that. Yeah. Uh, 
I like to talk. You said it right. I like to talk, but I, you know, it, that's exactly what happened. I feel like the ruddy man grooming was, was absolutely a God dream. Just like you, you said in the beginning, man. I remember when awesome. on Instagram lives and wow. open boxes of bubble wrap and like, Hey, check out what I got in the mail today. Right. Uh, I got bubble wrap to send out in your guys' packages. And now, you know, six months later, it's like, you don't have time for that any anymore because I think in the company aspect of things with um, you do the ruddy reveal, which we've kind of mentioned earlier, it's a mystery game that you can play every month and it's what 15 bucks a month and you get a beard oil, a story, a token um, giveaways and just a lot of fun that you get to have in the community and nobody else is doing that. You, you kind of innovated that and it's been your baby for, over a year now, right? We started, uh, well, we started it in April, I think, because we only had nine cents last last year. And they're all represented in that solution kit that's online. You know, if anybody's interested in smelling all those. Um, and and then uh, if you do that, the first one is awful. The first one is awful to, <laughs> to most people. Um, but I like to tell people that, that that game is not about you finding your very favorite next scent. It's about you uh, learning your nose <laughs> um, and figuring out a mystery. Who, who doesn't want to, you know, figure out who killed who? You know, that, that's fun. So, um, And you yeah. got to keep in mind, like, you're getting a, you know, a half, it's half ounce, right? A half ounce bottle. Yeah. So... You don't, yeah, you're not looking for this amazing scent that I'm going to fall in love with and wear because, yeah, it's only a half ounce bottle. You're, unless they are amazing. I mean, some of them, some of them, them. so, um, they do act as trophy pieces, though. You know, like it's almost like your t shirt that says, I survived month nine of the ruddy reveal. (laughs) Um, or rather month one, I think after that first one, when everybody uh, was just like, uh, I think one guy said that smelled like the third episode of the last season of game of Thrones. (laughs) And I remember thinking, you know what? That's right. It's about like a trash fire, wasn't it? Um, And, uh, and and just so you guys know, it was Cade oil and cinnamon together it was just like a a super campfire with spice all over it it was just really stinky but um my wife was like hey next time you know try to make it a little more appealing to them because you really want people to keep doing this <laughs> so yeah yeah it was like dude you owe me a double refund <laughs> <laughs> well you know we're up in the game this year with that anyway because uh for one, we want to give people more incentive to jump in. Um, and I'm going to be doing some more like advertising marketing for this thing. Uh, I want it to make me run off my heels. It's one of the things I really want Ruddy Man to be known for, honestly, because uh, it is a passion project and nobody else is doing that. Uh, Mystery Scent of the Month is something that a lot of companies do. Some of them do it just immaculately. Um, and I've definitely taken some notes from them, but just the whole idea of having uh, like I'm big into escape rooms when me and my worship team go off like to a, a worship event, we find the local escape room and and that's just the thing we do. We don't go to the movies. We don't, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we do. So um, my idea here is like 
you get an oil, you get an experience. And now um, my wife has a Glowforge for her business, uh, which is like hand lettering art. She Now we're, we're burning wood um, with this class three laser <laughs> that's in her wow. house. <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah. So uh, we're, we're starting to make little tokens for each month and you'll get those uh, with the next month's mystery scent because obviously it has the name of the scent on it. So I can't send you that month's, um, but you'll get that uh, post. And and I'm thinking, you know, $15, you get an amazing fun time, a live stream where I typically do some kind of dumb thing with my look. Um, and there's trivia, there's giveaways, you know, you got like the half ounce, bottle that's your trophy and then you get this little token that's going to be a magnet but it's also going to be a clue for a really 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 big mystery so uh there's there's all this stuff going on with just that one segment of our business and uh my my hope is that you know that becomes like oh yeah ruddy man they're the guys that do that that weird mystery like murder mystery thing like, aren't they a beard oil company? <laughs> I'm intrigued now. I haven't done it, so I'm going to sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. jump on. It kind of yeah. goes, goes beyond, like, you know, it's like what you said, Jimmy, and this is something that I I try to get up across in like every video I make. Like, we're all seeking experiences in life. We're not, we're not, you know, it's not here's my $15. Give me an oil. Like there's no experience with that. And so something that you didn't even really talk about that I, I feel like is one of the most important um, aspects of the ready reveal. And I know you kind of mentioned it, but I want to make sure that people know really what goes behind it is um, you and your wife sit down and actually create these stories, right? You come up with this murder mystery, basically you create this website and when they order the scent, uh, you send them a code and the link. And so then you go to this website, you type in the code, it gives you access and you get clues. You get to uh, play this little mystery game um, that you and your wife come up with every single month. So it's going beyond creating an oil and a scent and a token, yeah. uh, out of wood that people get is you get to play this game and you get to solve this mystery. It's kind of like playing clue. Yeah. Um, and, and that is super creative. And then you get the, the, the wood token uh, that your wife makes. Um, you're going to get the next month um, and it's going to be a tribute basically to that month prior. And then at the end of the year, all those tokens are going to have, they each have a little clue on them and they're going to make one big clue at the end of the year. Yeah, And so it's like there's so many different things going on in the ruddy reveal that you really want to be a part of it and and uh, be in it for for all the months. And it's just fun to get together. You get together once a month with your bearded brothers and you talk about this one thing, this what is this scent? Yay, I was great. Or yay, I was totally off on that one. And you get to put your nose to the test because we can all... Um, you know, we know how our mind plays games on us. We can open an oil smell and be like, oh, this smells like this. And then you read the scent profile and you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I get that out of it. You know, <laughs> I, I get the vanilla out of it. It's like, I totally see it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, is. One of my favorites is uh, Boston Mike always thinks it's lemon cookies. Even, yeah. if he doesn't, even if he doesn't really think it, he says, eh, there's lemon cookies in there. 
<laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's literally hops infused. There, yeah. there is no limit. There's no it is, One of these times you're going to put lemon cookies in lemon there. If you'll get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk uh, real quick here about uh, your new album that just dropped uh, in the little over a year that I've yeah. known you. I've never really... Um, I've, I've listened to some of your music. I've, I've seen you play live streams, but you have a, an album with your band yeah. uh, that just dropped. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I know this is a podcast, but I'll show you here on the video. That's, that's our, our record. I don't know if, uh, Oh yeah. That's showing up right ways. Good. Showing up good. Yeah. I mean, I'm still so, so new to this like technology thing with cameras. It's just, just nuts. But Camera. crazy. cameras are great. Right. Devil boxes, what they are, steal your soul. Um, <laughs> but, uh, there's a, and I'll even, I'll even do like the CD baby thing. Oh yeah, for so, those that still buy CDs, because CDs are still in. Apparently, like we weren't going to buy these, and then uh, people were like, "Are you going to have physical copies?" So, uh, and when it turns out, most people still have a car that can play them, so that's cool. Um, yeah. But we worked on that record uh, for a year and a half. It was largely funded by a local area supplement from a, an arts council. And um, honestly, we, we were talking about this last night on the listening party. We did a live stream on Facebook where most of our, our followers are. Um, we were talking about how I am the last member to join that band. Uh, I actually was the very, very last one I was supposed to open for them as a means to get my foot in the door to have some solo gigs in the area. And then they asked me just to sit in with them during that show. And then during that show, somebody in the band, not there now, uh, actually introduced me as the newest member. <laughs> so I didn't really even get the whole memo or meeting, you know, Jimmy's in the band now. Right. Um, but it, it felt like a really good uh, transition. I'd just come out of a very, very, well, I say just, I've been about a year and a half out of uh, being part of a band that I was in with like one of my brothers and uh, we'd been like a Christian rock group that did a lot of worship leading, but had our own um, original music out. And that was like, that was for when I was 16 you know, and we broke up when I was right at, oh gosh, right at 30. So um, I had been playing music with these guys for a long time. And long story short, the reason the reason it started to pull apart was because God was telling, telling me specifically, you need to go home and be like a, a present husband to your wife. So we did that. Um, and it turned out great because like a month after I broke up the band, uh, we found out we were pregnant with Lena and I was like, okay, God, <laughs> more of that. Yeah, you, you, you kind of know what you're doing, don't you? Big guy? <laughs> you know? um, and, and then, you know, I, I joined up with these guys about a year and a half later. I've been writing a lot of, uh, spooky songs, folklore songs, um, really weird songs for a, a worship pastor at a church. Um, but I, it was my grieving process. You know, I, I was kind of grieving the loss of, we had lost a baby just before Lena. 
Um, and then also the loss of this, this band that I had tried, tried and tried and tried to make a full-time living, um, even grieving some of that, that rough stuff with my wife. I mean, our, our marriage really suffered during that time. So, uh, writing those kinds of songs about death and ghosts and things like that. I don't subscribe to like ghosts and aliens and things, but I, it was fun to write about something that was way out of my wheelhouse. And I brought that to the table with these guys. We were just doing covers of bluegrass country. Um, and then kind of some, we were doing our own versions of rock tunes and I brought them the first single on this one, evergreen skyscrapers was like, guys, I think, I think I wrote a country song and I kind of feel dirty about, it, you know, <laughs> um, cause I was never a country fan. And, and then, uh, Sarah started writing. We, I started writing more. We started putting things together. It was the first time in eons that a, that a band I had been part of actually came together and wasn't trying to say, no, this is my part. This is my part. This is my part. We were all just saying, you do this and this and this, whatever you want to do. And it turned out to be this amazing project. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in the band. I'm like, I'm very, very proud to be surrounded by these kids because they they play circles around me. Um, just just amazing storytellers. And we, we have a blast doing it. So uh, if you like music, check it out. I mean, we're called Rooted. Um, and this one, the, the album's called Silhouettes. So what's the website? Uh, rootedband.com r-o-o-t-e-d-b-a-n-d.com uh we're actually supposed to be updating all of the the look i think i've got a few few a few more tweaks done but for the most part it's ready to go um and, and and if you need to get like an actual copy of it we don't sell it online for a few other a few reasons that we can't really um get to right now but for the most part, if you if you want one, you can reach out to us through the site, and we'll make sure you get one. What's your favorite song on the disc? Oh man, um, Bayonet. That's mine too. Bayonet. I love that song. That is a fantastic song. Um, I don't know for something about it just just hits home with me. It sounds amazing. It hits my ears uh, just right. It hits my head and my brain just right. So yeah. Um, I love that song. That's the best one on the album. I, I think that was definitely a, a grieving song <laughs> for me. That was, uh, I think I told the folks in the listening party last night, it was written from the point of view of a guy whose, whose brother is fighting him in the civil war, the American civil war on the other side. Um, that was, that's kind of the setting. You got that gypsy jazzy vibe to it. Uh, feels old school, but really I think I was wording things on a very specific level um, with, with my own brother who had moved to Charlotte uh, and we're, we're amazing now, you know, but at the time that the band disbanded, I don't know, there was just this weird tension that wasn't supposed to be there between best buddies, you know? Um, And then also like the, the whole take as being a Christian, if you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, why do we spend our time fighting each other when there is a kingdom to build? I mean, like there are things called non-essentials and then essentials. We have all the essentials we need. The non-essentials don't matter. (laughs) Stop the fighting and get on with the building, you know? So um, 
the guys and gals in the band probably don't know that about that song, but that's absolutely a call to lay down uh, hurtful arms against your your brothers in Christ and pick up a shovel and start digging again, you know. And your voice is, your, your singing is fantastic in that song. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, if you guys uh, want to check out uh, Jimmy's band, uh, you just want some good um, good tunes, check that out. Uh, you can also go to ruddymangrooming.com um, to check out his website if you haven't and sign up for the Ruddy Reveal right there if you'd like to join in on the the murder mysteries and the secret scents. Um, and you just recently dropped uh, two new scents too. Uh, we got one called Midnight. We got one called Pillow Talk. And then we have um, Ruddy Rub, which is a external massage oil. Do you want to talk about those three products real quick? <laughs> Thank you for the definition. Uh, <laughs> 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 little disclaimer there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Midnight is our uh, first cologne offering ever. Um, we just, uh, Shasta is like, let's start 2020 with a bang, you know? So um, this is, Midnight is a kind of musky, really nice cologne uh, scent that has like hints, subtle hints of uh, of tobacco and, and bourbon. Nothing that jumps out at you too much, but it's it's a blend. It's supposed to be very well blended, I think. I think we got it. Um, so that one's, um, I, I love that one. And then right on the heels of that, like yesterday, we just launched Pillow Talk, which is our in time for Valentine's Day cologne scent. It's got some strawberries, chocolate covered strawberries, champagne, a little um, suede to give it like a masculine undertone and uh, to back like a, like a, a cologne deal. And then, yeah, the Ruddy Rub is a, is a massage oil. Right now it's in a uh, scent called Unwind, which is just bamboo, ginger, and some um, kind of like a like a fresh ozone kind of thing. So it's really got a day spa kind of deal, very gender neutral. And uh, and we created the Ruddy Romance set as a, as a result. So you can get like an oil whipped butter in Pillow Talk and then, and then the massage oil for like a Valentine's Day kit. That's awesome. So that's kind of like... Uh... Um, get yourself a beard oil and then you get a massage oil that comes with it yeah. so you can rub your wife's neck, shoulders, um, back. Um, yes, I, I have the uh, midnight and I think I messaged you right away and was like, this is the best creation that you've come up with to date. Um, and I've compared it to, I've compared Ruddy Man to a fine wine saying as he matures in his company, his scent profiles get better and and, that, and that's true. I mean, you had some um, some really good scents at the beginning. I mean, Baumhouse was one of your first ones that is still a strong one. Um, but you also had some at the beginning that are no longer around uh, anymore because you've gotten better and uh, you put out a lot of stuff uh, that is just really, really good. And, you know, you make some unique scents and you, you, you mentioned that, that like, this is your first cologne scent and mm-hmm. uh, you got a lot of unique uh, type scents and uh, bomb house has always been uh, a favorite of mine of yours. And then Southern gent with those grilled peaches. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It's amazing in a wash um, or co-wash. So uh, swag, what have you tried from ruddy man? Uh, corner pocket. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got in on the corner pocket, and that's and I've got another one sitting right here that I haven't gotten into yet. So yeah, I don't know what this one may be, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to find out and have a video on it. It's going to be an unboxing. So right on. Yeah, and Ringside is really good too. I always forget about Ringside, but I remember when Ringside launched, and I first got that, and I was just blown away because. You know, it, it's a leather scent profile, but when you when you think of a leather scent profile, it's just not what you get from Ringside. It, yeah, it's leather, but it, it's like, I mean, if you want to kind of know what Ringside is like, uh, A, you should really just buy it because it's going to save you some time. But if you don't, if you have plenty of time and no cash, uh, drive to your local uh, Shields or Dick's Sporting Goods or somewhere that sells boxing gloves, pick one up and smell it. Because it's it smells to me a lot like uh, just like a fresh pair of boxing gloves. Uh, it, it's it's mm -hmm. fantastic. It's it's a really really good uh, scent. Um, but midnight midnight's where it's at. I haven't I haven't uh, smelled smelled. Is it smelled or smelt? I haven't yeah, sniffed rude. Something is to uh, to melt down like metal, right? <laughs> if you're a smelter, <laughs> yeah, like in a forge or something like that. Yeah, my my sniffer melted down. <laughs> <laughs> you have the iron nose. <laughs> but I'm definitely getting rid of all this Taylor talk. I mean, it it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, man, I've got it in beard right now, and my wife loves this one. That's awesome. So, is are the chocolate covered strawberries? Is that like the overwhelming scent, or is it just kind of? No, it's it's more the um, oh gosh, out of out of them, I think you're gonna get more uh, tobacco and champagne. Chocolate mm -hmm. is probably the least scent you're going to smell in that, and I did that purposely because. I'm known for having like kind of foodie sense and I wanted this to be more uh, like elegant, refined kind of stuff. So um, I would not put chocolate forward on a cologne ever. Right. Chocolate covered cherry, you know, suede that, that, that makes a, an, an interesting cologne. And that's kind of what I was wondering because when we, when we talk pillow talk, it always leads with, well, it's a chocolate-covered strawberry, um, you know, and it. So you kind of, I think that's just your mind, you know. You're thinking those are going to be the forward scents, and yeah, yeah. and it's not. So um, yeah. that's for everybody to know. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I probably should have uh, changed the order of the of the scent profile, but at the same time, um, I, I kind of wanted it to catch your eye, you know. Um, well, and it's Valentine's Day. It's it's yeah. kind of your lover set for Valentine's Day. Chocolate covered strawberries are kind of you know they just yeah. flow with that you know. So yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen, uh, this has been a blast. I thank you, Jimmy, for coming on here. Um, yeah, thank you. Anything? Uh, we'll just go around the table. Anything uh, from you, Swag, to to end this out? No, I'm just I'm just thankful uh, for. I mean, this has been a blast. I mean, it's a blast with you always, Tyson, but having us three on here, yeah. amazing time. It, the time is just flying by. Uh, you know, let's just all keep in mind, you know, let the let the words that we speak and the thoughts that we think and the actions that we take all glorify God and our, our family. Yeah. Uh, that's big. Anything from you, Jimmy, to end this out? Oh, I'm just, I, I'm so 
overwhelmingly aware of the blessing God has has placed in my life to be able to be in this uh, this arena at all. So, um, you know, something that turned that started off as like a fun thing that also started off as like let's please pay some bills has <laughs> turned into a a a place that I can't live without, which is really really cool. Um, and and it's a place my wife knows a whole lot about what's going on, and she's never in here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that we can kind of come together on, and and um, I think I think she's very 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 grateful for uh, the support that we get, and and knowing that God is leading our steps, it's just I don't know, it's just overwhelming to to think about it. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, everybody, thank you uh, for, for tuning in. If you stuck through this uh, hour and 20 minutes, we appreciate you and, and love you guys all weekend. Uh, we, we set us at the beginning. We can all chat, so it makes for a longer podcast, but that is awesome, and um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, so until we talk to you guys again next week, uh, God bless you guys. Love you. See ya. <laughs>